All right. So I've been playing a lot of Assassin's Creed lately during not work hours. So that made me think, though, what era of history, let's say before the 20th century, would you like to see a horror movie set in? What about ancient Greece? What if we did a ghost story in Greece, but the gods exist too? Yeah, that'd be so let's, cool. Let's mix it up. We'll have Medusa fight like uh, the princess or whatever. Yeah. Oh, the, the ghost. Yeah, yeah, right? yeah, yeah. The naked one. I don't know if I've ever seen a horror movie set in ancient times. No, I haven't either. And I think there's, they're very scary. The mo- the stories by themselves, yeah. you know, straight from the source are pretty scary. So it's always adventure movies. Give me some horror. Uh, you know, they, I've seen one. There was a couple set during the medieval times, like uh, like Knights and shit. I think mm-hmm. I, there's a couple that was on Shudder. Army so, Darkness. <laughs> <laughs> right. I don't consider that a horror movie per se, but you're right. Uh, I think that's been done a little bit. Further back, like, yeah, Roman, Greece time, something like that would be neat, I think. Yeah. What about you, Garrett? Garrett's eating a Snickers. Hold on, I'm eating like a professional consummate. <laughs> a consummate professional, not a professional consummate. We're in, the, oh. we're in the studio for the first time in a long time, so it's all chaos here today. You know, honestly, I think, um, you know, there's a lot of, like, colonial, like, witch stuff, but I'd like to see, like, um, like the journey over you know, to the United States, like, Ooh, like a, on the ship, like on the ship, like, you know, like the Nina, the Pinta, the Santa Maria, mm-hmm. if you will. Mm-hmm. Um, or just, you know, like kind of like, you know, like discovering the new land, like getting there, a bunch of crazy shit happens on the boat and they finally get there like, oh, finally, woo, made it. And then a whole new set of problems happens. The haunting of the Spanish fleet armada. Da, 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 da. Yeah. <laughs> or something. Not the Spanish flea. Oh, my bad. My bad. The Nina, the Pinta, and death. Yeah. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, that would be cool. I'm down for all kinds of ship-based horror. The tagline so. is, new country, who dis? Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, just when he thought it was safe to colonize. Ooh. <laughs> That's not going to go over well. I would be in your vein, Mark. I would think ancient Egypt would be pretty gangster. They already have people with animal heads as their gods, so we're like halfway mm-hmm. to scary. Uh, if I saw a guy with a crocodile head walking toward me. I think that's your tagline on the box. <laughs> we're already halfway to scary. There you go. Uh, that would be super cool. So I would be, I wish they would make better use of ancient Egyptian mythology. And not just because I finished playing Assassin's Creed Origin, like, uh, just because, you know, it's scary. Was Stargate scary at all? No, it was another adventure movie. They're all adventure yeah, movies. Right. Yeah. yeah. Good but point. It did have James Spader, so that was awesome. Well, listeners, do you have any uh, movies that we missed? Are there any from that time period? I'd be interested in finding out. Mm, I'm always open for new time period specific movies. But today's movie is not set then. It was set at the turn of the century. So let's get into today's movie, 13 Ghosts. Hey, all you creatures from cyberspace. Thanks for joining us on another episode of the Grave Talk podcast. My name is Mark, again joined with Garrett and John. Fellas, I have to look at your faces for the first time in like a year and a half. This is awkward. You're welcome. (laughs) We're all looking a little bit grayer, a little bit more aged. At least I know I am. How are you guys doing today? Yeah, I'm feeling aged. (laughs) Still eating that Snickers bar, so I'm good. (laughs) Well, what have we been up to since last time? Anything you want to bring up? Any news? Uh, I watched a movie 
uh, believe it or not, I know, uh, called Slice. That was awesome. It was a very good movie. Uh, it stars Paul Shear and uh, Steve from Stranger Things and other famous people. Uh, you got two of them. Hannibal Burris well. is in there for like okay. three seconds. <laughs> Isn't it Chance the Rapper also or somebody like that? Uh, there, I don't know. No, this is the one with it's a pizza delivery thing, right? Yes. Okay. The yeah. guy you're thinking of is the guy from Insecure, but I don't know his name. Also, Insecure, good show. Y'all should watch it. Uh, not a horror show, though. Oh, I've seen that one. Yeah. Yeah, Chance the Rapper, Dax. He's in Slice. Boom. Yeah. So Chance the Rapper's in there. Uh, there's like, yeah, totally all-star cast of uh, B-Stars. And it is, but it is a fun, fun movie. I really enjoyed watching that. Uh, so two thumbs up for Slice. Now, just to refresh me a little bit, this is the one where a girl delivers a pizza to a Satan cult? No, you're thinking of... I don't remember which one you're thinking of. That's Satanic Panic. Satanic Panic. Uh, Slice is like ghosts are real and there's like a ghost town that's part of it. And these delivery drivers are getting murdered out on their delivery route. And people think a werewolf is doing it. Uh, and it's all about who's killing these people. And obviously, I don't want to spoil the movie, but it's 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 not like straight horror. It's more comedy horror, but it does it well. I think I only watched the first 30 minutes of that. And I don't know why I didn't finish it because I remember the werewolf bit. Yeah, once you said it. So yeah, you should go watch the other. I'm going to finish it. Minutes or so. You're almost there. <laughs> it's not very long. Okay, Garrett, what do you got? Well, I also watched a few things. Um, I watched that Netflix uh, movie series they're doing called Fear Street. That keeps popping up in my recommendations. Okay, Fear Street on Netflix. Evidently, there's th- going to be three movies. Each one takes place in their own time frame. I wanted to smash my fucking head in with a hammer after the first one. Wow. Okay, so the first one takes place, they're based in, like, time periods. Um, The first one's in 1994. The second one's in, like, 1968 or 78. I can't remember which one, but it's something like that. And I don't know what decade the third one's going to be in. But um, it's a pretty cool little premise. Like, there's Sunnyside, which is a city, and then there's Shadyside, which is another city that's close by. All the good things happen to Sunnyside. All the bad things happen to Shadyside. And there's like this like long running history that like there's a witch that got killed in Sunnyside and supposedly she comes back and I'm not going to go too far into it to to keep spoiler free because it is pretty new. But um, the first one that takes place in 1994, I thought, okay, I can do this. Literally 14 minutes into this movie, there is a scene where they introduce a kid in high school and they play no shit nine or I'm sorry, seven different like pop songs, 94 like famous songs back to back, not even the full songs, just snippets. Each time she looks left, new 90s song. Looks right, new 90s song. I feel like this series was made just so someone could make a fucking mixtape. <laughs> <laughs> so was I'm Just a Girl thrown in there too? Um, no, it, the first song we get is I'm Only Happy When It Rains by Garbage. And then we get, but like once she gets to high school, we get Bush, we get Local H, we get um, No Doubt, we get, I mean, it's just, it is, and I'm, I'm serious, it's like five to ten seconds of each song, and then switch to the song in the same scene. These are not separate scenes. The same scene this happens. And then, of course, like every time there's a scene transition, there's a new like 90s song. I feel like this is someone who either grew up in the 90s and was like, you know what, the 90s doesn't get enough love. Or it was someone who just found the 90s and was like, look at these classic hits of 1994. You were just like, oh, God. It was painful. As someone who grew up in the 90s, it was rough. 
Whoa, I loved growing up in the 90s. I, I don't think he meant that was what I was. Oh, he meant the movie and the soundtrack. to throw down for the 90s. <laughs> How dare you insult the entire 90s? Yeah. <laughs> I have a problem where people like rely too heavily on nostalgia. And don't get me wrong, I, I'm cool with throwing some 90s music into a, a TV show. I'm cool with throwing you know some 80s music into a TV show. But there is something called restraint. And uh, this show does not have it. But that being said, my major gripe with that being done, it was pretty good. Um, I watched the first two. The first one in 1994 was not exactly my cup of tea, but it's like, I would say a hardcore R.L. Stein. Okay. It's kind of it's kind of interesting. And they do have an overarching story between uh, the different movies. The other one takes place uh, during a camp, kind of it's a Camp Crystal Lake kind of thing. Mm. That one I liked a lot more. Uh, I thought that it was a little more, a little scarier. But I'd check them out. If you got nothing else to do and, you know, Shudder's not really cut it for you, you're really kind of like some, like, I want to say some, like, entry-level horror, this is the way to go. Okay. Good deal. And the third one's coming out soonish or? No clue. No clue. All right. <laughs> but they, they came out pretty quick. The first one came out, I want to say, maybe a couple weeks ago, probably. And then the second one just came out. So it seems like they're kicking it out pretty fast. We'll check that out, listeners. But if you guys don't have anything else, are we ready to get into the turn of the century remake? What did you watch, Mark? Thirteen yeah. Ghosts. <laughs> I watched both of them, so I did watch something other than the oh. movie. I watched the original and I watched the two thousand one back to back in reverse. So I watched the remake first, and then I watched this one. Putting in the extra credit. <laughs> <laughs> no, I was really interested, um, so I rented it. I really wanted to see what the differences were. Kind of read up on the history of it. So uh, let's get into that now. So we're talking about Thirteen Ghosts from two thousand one, directed by Steve Beck who apparently only has two credits to his name. This one and the infamous Ghost Ship. Now, have we all at the table seen Ghost Ship? Yeah, I know why he stopped making movies after that. <laughs> you go out on top, bro. That's it. Have you seen it? No, I did not watch Ghost Ship. Okay, you got to watch Ghost Ship, at least for the intro scene alone, when you watch how everybody becomes a ghost. <laughs> it's fucking hilarious. Uh, but that's not why we're here. So let's talk about 13 Ghosts. Originally, this was... A 1960s black and white film directed by the infamous William Castle. Now, if you guys don't know him by name, he's the guy that also did the original uh, House on Haunted Hill. Uh, he'd been doing movies in uh, Hollywood for many decades, and he opened his directing career with one called Macabre. I think that came out in 1958. I believe it's pronounced macabre. Ooh, <laughs> you're so right. Not macabre. <laughs> macabre. <laughs> All acceptable answers at this point. Uh, table for one, Mr. Macabre. <laughs> <laughs> um, the thing about William Castle, he made tons of like B horror films at the time. You know, go to the matinee. The kids watched the monster movies. Did a lot of that kind of stuff. Um, I believe it's called schlock. <laughs> there. How many more of these are you going to do to me? Um, excuse me. Worst uh, podcast many, ever. How many you got, Mark? So the thing about William Castle, he's kind of known for coming to the audience with gimmicks. So in, in the, the, the release of 1958's Macabre, he gave every viewer a certificate for $1,000 of life insurance in case you die of fright. So that was kind of his first gimmick to get people in the seats. Oh, I'm so scared went through a lot of gimmicks that end in the letter O. So, for instance, the 13 ghosts had Illusiono. What was the Tingler one? The Tingler. You know about the Tingler. Oh, yeah. Was that Tingler-O? <laughs> <laughs> 
So he also did Emerjo, which where he would drop skeletons into the crowd from strings while they're sitting in the movies. That I one's a little. Eh. You like that? Well, <laughs> I think that one would be the most effectual one. If I'm fuck, if I'm watching a movie and a fucking skeleton just drops down, <laughs> right. that would scare the shit out of me. I think during the Tingler, he had he was doing Percepto, Ooh. where he was in a, installing motors in the seats that vibrate, and then he would have like this little uh, centipedish looking silhouette come on screen and the narrator's like you have to scream to kill the tingler so he'd make the audience <laughs> yell at the screen and like i guess i don't know if like a camera operator just had a little toy or whatever <laughs> in front of the the lens or whatever but yeah oh, i'm sure um, the projectionist loved that <laughs> yeah right you got extra work to do buddy like oh uh and then finally like i said illusiono this is where he handed everybody in the audience got a pair of glasses that were shaped like a thick skeleton and it had two different color cellophanes on it, one in red and one in blue. And they shot the film in a two different color spectrum where all the ghosts were shot in red wavelength. So if the audience member got too scared, they could look through the blue cellophane and the ghost would disappear. So you'd only see the ghost when looking through the red cellophane. That's pretty slick. Yeah. So I, I love these kind of gimmicks. I'm a sucker for a gimmick when it's not overdone. You know, when 3D came back, I was like, let's do this. But yeah. then I got a headache and I was like, I don't want to do this again. <laughs> Have you guys ever done any like that? Just 3D. Red and blue 3D, Garrett? Did you do any of that in the, when you were a kid? Oh, I still own a pair of 3D glasses. Oh, yeah. It doesn't work very well, does it? I don't care. I like wearing them. <laughs> You're that kid that just goes out on the street yep. skateboarding in your 3D glasses? I was that, I was that nerd from... Uh, Back to the Future that wore the 3D glasses. I wish there was still more gimmick activity out in the world. Movie theaters are struggling right now, so I think the gimmick might be a, a good comeback. You can't get a gimmick at home. There's a reason gimmicks didn't last, you guys. They're gimmicks. You got to have a good story. You got to have good characters. You got to have a good cast. Like Tony Shalhoub, <laughs> Shannon Elizabeth, Raw Digga of the Flip Mode Squad. What's up? They're Flip up. Mode and F. Murray Abraham. I don't know what y'all do. My boy, Matthew Lillard, so dirty. You've been uh, mentioning everybody in this it. movie. I was going to save it, dude. I fucking love Matthew Lillard. Well, to wrap up the gimmicks talk, the one that I wish that I could have experienced uh, would have been the Friday the 13th 3D. Like, I wish I could have seen that mm -hmm. in the theater. Um, I'm glad they released a 3D version that I could do with the VR PSVR helmet. Cool. So I can't experience it that way, but I'd rather be in the theater with people. That just feels yeah. like a, a communal type thing you want to do. Right. And point the machete right at you. <laughs> the problem with the 80s 3D, what I do like about the re, like when we revisited 3D is it's a little less schlocky. It's like in the 80s, they're like, let me point everything right at the audience. <laughs> right. It's like the only 3D thing they could think oh, of. Oh, they do that nonstop when they brought back the 3D, when like Saw 3D was going big and stuff like that. It's like, remember Transformers when that was in 3D? And they did that whole scene where you basically travel through Optimus Prime as he gets punched. And I was like, this is unnecessary and dumb. Mm -hmm. I unabashedly like Transformers movies, so whatever. It uh, gives me exactly what I want to see. Monsters kicking each other's ass just throughout a movie. Not to derail this, I had no problem with that movie except for the fact that I went there to watch giant robots kick each other's asses. And that movie, basically the shots were so close to the robots, you didn't see half the action. Now, That's granted, fair. In the second one, and I'm assuming beyond because I've only seen the second one, they did pull back the camera a lot of it and you could actually see the fights. And I was like, okay, cool, you guys fixed my one issue. I don't really have a problem with uh, the Transformers films. No, people hold a... I don't think they're great, but... Well, I mean, they're they're based on a toy from the 80s. Like People really hold it to a very high standard, considering it was a marketing gimmick. Uh, but I get it, because we were young, <laughs> and we were very attached to it, and you know, Leonard Nimoy was in it. I get it. But anyway, so that was what they came out in 1960. Now, 
This company that put out the remake of the 13 Ghosts is called Dark Castle Entertainment. They are also honoring William Castle with the name of their company. That's where the castle and Dark Castle comes from. Now, they set out originally to remake a majority of his films, but they didn't do so well. The first one was The House on the Haunted Hill, which we've done, Mm -hmm. and now 13 Ghosts. And then they decided to kind of get into their own original material. Well, so he made two, and we're like, you know what? We're done. We're out of gimmicks. Well, Ghost Ship, right? Ghost Ship was a remake. Too. A Ghost Ship, yeah. yeah. I don't think it was the William Castle remake, if it was a remake. Are you thinking of The Love Boat? <laughs> oh, I'd love a horror remake of The Love Boat. They now, what them. if they remake Ghost Ship again, but this time, the ship itself is a ghost, and it has a personality. <laughs> so you're just, so it's like cars, but with boats. Yeah, you're just sleeping in a fucking luxury liner. It shows up right above Boo. Can it be voiced by the taxi from Who Framed Roger Rabbit? I hope so, more than anything. <laughs> I'd be into that movie. Let's fund it. All right, well, this one is starring Tony Shalhoub as Arthur Criticos, Shannon Elizabeth as Kathy Criticos, Embeth Davids as Bargain Ben Sigourney Weaver. Just kidding, her character's name is Kalina Ortizia. Matthew Lillard as Dennis Rafkin. J.R. Bourne as Benjamin Moss, Rodiga as Maggie Bess. Rodiga. What did I say? He said Rodiga. Rodiga. Sorry. Put some fucking respect on that shit, Mark. F. Murray Abraham as Cyrus Criticos. This one's sitting at a 16% with the critics on Rotten Tomatoes. Mwah! Perfect. And a 48% with the audience score That's out of right. 250,000 reviews. That's because audiences know a good, bad movie <laughs> when they see it. Man, this is this is pure. If you could distill like 1998 to 2008 in horror, I think this is like what comes out of that. I will make no excuses for why I picked this film. It was straight up from Matthew Ellard. Um, <laughs> I love that dude. I think he's an incredible person. I love his acting. I like the movies he's in. I always appreciate how much how he just goes for it. He brings a flair to every role he takes, no matter what he's doing from like, like just general, like physical comedy to, you know, his character, you know, takes, I really like that. And I do remember this movie having a very, very bad case of turn of the century horror. And I was like, we haven't done a really shitty, like mid, you know, like 2000 horror in a while. So I picked this one. But I do apologize because this is not a good film. Well, I mean, no, it's definitely not a good film, but it's an enjoyable film. Yes, entertaining, but not a good film. This is the second time I've seen it. I only saw it originally when it came out and I thought it was trash, Mm -hmm. hot, hot trash. But when I watched it on Friday, I was like, I'm actually having a good time with this. Okay, I've warmed up a little bit more, and I don't know what the difference is. Maybe I'm so far removed from the year 2000 <laughs> that maybe just I can appreciate that more now. Well, you're more cultured as a film watcher now. Yes, what that's it is. what it is. I'm not a <laughs> dumb idiot, twenty year old. Except you guys don't watch anything between the fucking podcast. Uh, I watch Slice. Do oh, we need to rewind? I back. I back. <laughs> can we can we get the taste back in here? Yeah. I, I, watched, I watched a million movies. I only watched one horror movie. Look, I'm having to watch all the Fast and Furiouses again. Why? Because the new one's coming out, and my wife wants to go see it. So I could bring that up, but there's no point. Mark, yeah. hold on. I'm going to break this down for you. Just because a film is coming out in a series doesn't mean you have to rewatch the entire franchise. Oh, we didn't. We started at five. Okay. Five is where it gets good. No, one through four is actually about cars and racing. Yes. Yeah, but they suck. <laughs> but, <laughs> I'm going to say Tokyo Drift was not a bad movie. I enjoyed Tokyo it's Drift. It's trash. I watch those movies a quarter mile at a time. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Rock saved that franchise and five is when he shows up. All right, fair enough. All right, no, Mark, I'm, if you wanted to watch two guys just measure dicks, I got a guy downtown that you can meet. 
I mean, talk to me later. <laughs> um, here's what the back of the VHS has to say about 13 Ghosts. A nightmare comes true for fans of seriously scary movies, says Joe Layden of San Francisco Examiner. Can okay, it? Joe. <laughs> what a house. It's all... St- <laughs> I got lots to go, so you're going to have to let me get through this. Okay. What a pig. <laughs> That's some pig. Uh, what a house. It's all steel and glass and elegance. That's uh, questionable. And it all belongs to Arthur Criticos and his family as an unexpected inheritance. You could say it's their dream home. This isn't anybody's dream home. Especially if the dreams are nightmares. <laughs> Somebody got paid to write that. <laughs> the hammer, the jackal, the angry pinstrap. <laughs> I think the name of them all. <laughs> Let's find out. We're going through this together for the first time. The hammer, the jackal, the angry princess, the juggernaut. They're among the awesome ectoplasmic specters in 13 Ghosts. A chilling, effects-rampant remake of the 1960 William Castle haunted house film from the producers. Gilbert Adler, Joel Silver, and Robert Zumeckis. And then there's the house itself. A marvel of design and a mysterious puzzle cube whose eerie corridors, sliding walls, spinning floors, and phantasmic fiends may allow no one to escape. The welcome mat is out. Step inside if you dare. Ooh, that was some peak back of the box right there, man. Paid um, by the letter. Yeah. Uh, I think pretty much everything after the house is made of steel and glass is bullshit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Now, this house, man, it doesn't look like any house that you would want to inherit. You'd be like, what it is this? It's just glass and gears, like yeah. on the outside. You shouldn't have ever gone inside in the first place. I have some legitimate questions on how they got a occupancy license for this house. I don't think you can live in a place like this. Uh, so whatever county they're in, boy, that inspector must have got paid off big time. What do you mean you can't live in a place like this? I don't. I mean, that house was missing a lot of the fundamentals of a, a, of a home. There's probably zoning codes, so, other, so other so. things that you're just going to be out of bounds with. You can't live there. I'm no. sure of it. It's got a front door and it's got buttresses. <laughs> That's all you need. I, I, I'm pretty sure you can't have walls that can cut people in half in homes. I think that is just like a, a, just a baseline illegal. I think yeah, this yeah. is America. I think you can have whatever you want if you put your damn mind to it. America. Fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so this house was built by character Cyrus Criticos who uh, we open up the scene with him and his team in a junkyard trying to catch one of the elusive 13 ghosts. Yeah. Right? In the process, he's killed. Uh, We're introduced to his sidekick, Matthew Lillard, who is a psychic. Ish, I guess. Uh, Like, sometimes he's a very, very powerful psychic. And then, like, sometimes it's like, well, how did you miss this? Well, you know how anal I could be about power levels. And I got to tell you. (laughs) This guy's all, he loves anal power. That's all uh, I'm saying. <laughs> that's turn it to eleven. Uh, but Lillard or Matt, as a, as his friends call him, <laughs> or, or Dennis, as he's known in the movie, or Matthew, his Christian name. <laughs> uh, so Matt, Dennis, Matthew Lillard is all over the spectrum in his powers, and he also never. It seems like he just got them, especially later in the movie. He's like constantly surprised by his powers. Uh, which seems confusing because he captured 12 ghosts already. And then sometimes you can literally just touch him on the back and he's going to watch your whole life play just in front of his eyes. Bam. And it's like, that had to have been a terrible childhood. You yeah. know what I mean? Kids don't know about stay out of my space. We don't know when he got his powers. Maybe they like uh, they happened at 18 or something. <laughs> yeah, maybe like X-Men puberty. 
Yeah. Oh, could be. Movie didn't tell me though, so now Imagine I got all these be, lingering questions. Yeah. Imagine <laughs> little infant infant Lillard just getting everyone's life story when they hold him. That that would be a nightmare. There's a horror movie for you. So before we get real, real deep into the plot, did you guys see this one when it came out? John, were you old enough to go to the theaters at this point? Uh, let's see. Infant John. No, I would have been in <laughs> 2001. I would have been, what, 15? Yeah, I guess. But no, I didn't see it when it came out. Garrett? Yes, I did see this at the theater. Was it on a date? No, actually, it wasn't <laughs> on a date. This was a, a post-House on Haunted Hill viewing of like, all right, you know what? House on Haunted Hill scared the shit out of me. Let's see what they can do this time around. And did they do it this time around? Uh, they did other things. There is a full naked woman walking around this entire movie, so it's very confused. A lot of <laughs> lot of mixed feelings at that age. This movie was not super enjoyable. I remember having my hopes higher based off the previews, and then seeing it and being like, "Oh, I I really dislike the ending of this movie a lot. I think it ruined the whole thing for me." The third act starts to get really sloppy. Yeah, that's exactly so. when I was like, "I'm starting to fall out of this movie." Like. The whole hiding behind a pane of glass in a corner, you know, that whole shit. That's awesome. I actually love that concept. He could have fit in there it with Matthew the, Lillard. It was the giant, <laughs> just, to, just to, to ruin the end real fast, it's the giant, the kids underneath the swinging blades of like the floor. That moment mm. is where I was like, I'm out. The deus ex machina machine, I was like, okay, this is yeah. ridiculous. Jack could have fit on that door. <laughs> I'm the king of the It was very video gamey. It's like press X to jump into the middle and save your children style shit. Press F to pay respects. Yeah, but quick, quick events I don't think have been invented yet by 2001. Oh, you're that's right. true. So, you know, so uh, that's just science. So this movie, in fact, I bet inspired generations of game designers God to make you watch a boring cutscene and then hit one button. I'm glad we found where it all started. The originator. <laughs> um, all right. So as mentioned, Cyrus is out collecting ghosts for some contraption he has in this glass building with mechanisms and Latin painted all over the house. Well, it's a ghost yeah. prison, if you will. And we don't even know this yet, though. And Cyrus is F. Murray Abraham playing an eccentric billionaire, you know, and God, his performance was so great. That guy is always cool in the stuff that he shows yeah. up in. Um, but yeah, we don't really get it. We don't really know why he's collecting these ghosts. All we know is that um, Dennis has been commissioned to help him find 12 ghosts, 12 specific ghosts, mind you. Cyrus lets it slip that they need 13 ghosts. And then Dennis is like, what the fuck? You said 12, dude. You said 12. And there's like this whole like moment of tension. And then that's when the first ghost that we see um, becomes known and just starts killing everybody in this random unsafe junkyard. <laughs> <laughs> but Cyrus also calling Matthew out on his ridiculous power level uh, swings was like, you're a psychic. How'd you not know that? When he was like, I thought we only needed 12 ghosts. Yeah, it was a sick burn. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Bet you didn't see this coming. <laughs> uh, in the process, Cyrus dies. One guy gets sucked through a car. That was pretty cool. The, oh, that was my effects, favorite bit. Yes. Yeah. The effects and the, the kills were really... Again, it set the movie of like, I mean, we first go into this like Nightmare on Elm Street level, like junkyard. It's such a movie set. It's not even funny. So I was like, oh, boy. But when the kill started happening, I was like, oh, this could be really good. I remember thinking like this could be a really good horror mm -hmm. flick. Yeah. He doesn't just get sucked in between two cars. He gets folded backwards. You hear his bones crack yeah. and then he slides in between the two cars. And you're just like, oh, that's got to be a way to go. The guy that gets Painful. exploded in blood inside the uh, the vehicle. Yeah. Inside the driver's seat, like you see, like a splat of blood on the w inside windshield. 
There's also two characters, and I'll, I'll mention them briefly. We don't have to go into them. There's two characters that, as they're catching these ghosts, show up, and then I, I want to call them like eco terrorists or something <laughs> like that. They're like, you can't capture ghosts, Cyrus. This is against the natural order. You're enslaving them. And Cyrus don't give a fuck. He's just like, yeah, okay, right on, dude. You know, like duly noted. Yeah. So that actually, I do. I don't need to talk about them specifically. But how widespread is the knowledge of ghosts in this universe? Because there's like ghost bounty hunters, ghost activists, ghost rights people. Like, <laughs> well, these two people seem pretty tapped into the ghost realm. So I think they were already dabbling in this community, yeah. and then they found out what Cyrus was up to. I, yeah, I'm just wondering, like, because Monk doesn't know about ghosts. No, I think it's still on the down low. Okay. I, I don't think this is a universe where everybody just has a ghost in their attic. Okay, okay. Well, they might, but they wouldn't they know. Set a, set a place for them at the table. You yeah. know, they're that friendly with these ghosts. Okay, well, according to Matthew, uh, or Dennis, rather, ghosts are everywhere. There could be a ghost right here, but unless you get the special ghost glasses available at your local Target, you cannot see them. <laughs> and these glasses are, I like these glasses a lot. And I, it was a nice nod back to the Illusiono Agreed. glasses that they used in the original for the audience. So I like that, that they were incorporated. These glasses are basically just clear framed Oakleys <laughs> that have tiny little flashlights <laughs> kind of shine into your eyes. And I was like, that must have been really annoying to film with that shit and like right there in your vision. Just blinded walking into these glass walls on set. I mean, so annoying. That's pure commitment. Guys. Yeah, totally. But those glasses are hugely uh, integral to this movie because that's how they are seeing the ghosts throughout the movie. Like they put them on, they take them off, they put them on, they take them off. Like, I don't see anything. What are you talking about? Yeah, it was cool when they were limited, but like by the end of the movie, they like Paris to spare. There were just glasses everywhere. There's just a crate open with <laughs> yeah. like hundreds of them in there. Come take one, please, on your way out. Yeah. But also, the, the one thing I have a question about is there was all that invisible writing that Cyrus somehow had painted all over the house that you could only see with these glasses. I want some explanation of that. I, Those are I, the spells. Yeah. Paranormal I, ink? Oh, no, they're it's, etched, uh, it's etched into it, dude. Let's get out of this junkyard I think real it's quick. It's lemon juice. <laughs> it's urine, you guys. So they, they capture what is the 12th ghost. Dennis finds out that it's supposed to be 13, freaks out, was like, you never paid me for 13, bro. Actually, he never got paid for any of them. Zero. My man Dennis is working uh, pro bono. To be fair, that's just bad. You got to get a lawyer, man. Yeah, Half pay, up front. Cash. Yeah, <laughs> something. You know, I do art commissions, and I never take a commission without getting at least half up front. Uh, you can't trust people to follow through on their payments. Especially an evil person who's trying to capture a bunch of ghosts for an undetermined reason. Get your money ahead of time from the villain. Well, Anybody also, who can have an old-timey car like that that still works has got money. They can fork up half up front. Also, the lawyer didn't get paid up front. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God. What a bad lawyer. He's the one that sets off all the mechanisms by taking his payment. Who, Guy Pierce? Yeah. Or the, whatever. The, Pierce Brosnan? I don't uh, know who the fuck. Yeah, the lawyer's a hero, man. Amen. A hero? <laughs> the lawyer's a hero. He, he comes was, up. He when he comes and shows them, you know, oh, here's your inheritance. The background of his laptop is some sort of like demon oh, wallpaper. Oh, yes, we have that. the Hellraiser. Like, <laughs> let's get there. I have a lot of things to say about <laughs> Devil's Geo Cities. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I'd be like, if I were, uh, uh, was it Adam? Who's Arthur? Monk? Arthur. If I were Arthur, I'd be like, you know what? I don't think I want your demon laptop uh, inheritance. Thank you. Goodbye. <laughs> no, that's your first red flag. Big red flag in fucking 240p. <laughs> Ugly uh, under construction. Jeff. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so they capture the the juggernaut, which is what this ghost is known as. He's a giant, massive dude. Um, F. Murray Abraham gets killed. Uh, Cyrus gets killed in the the ensuing scuffle. 
of catching this ghost. They have these giant glass cubes with all the uh, spells etched into the side. Mark, that's how it's on there. Um, they etch it into the glass itself. So this is a containment cube. Uh, they catch this ghost, and then at this point, you know, Dennis is like, oh, Cyrus, bro. Yeah, he sees him get, he get killed. And then we immediately smash cut to, I guess, what would be kind of the credits scene, the opening credits, where we see yeah. Tony Shalhoub's character, Arthur, sitting in a chair watching his daughter and his son play in the backyard. And this is Shannon Elizabeth and uh, whatever the kid's name is, Bobby, because they say it 900 times in this movie. Uh, playing in the backyard, and we kind of slowly pan left, and we see Tony Shalhoub sitting in a chair, you know, with his wife, kind of like, ah, ha, ha, aren't our kids the best? And then we keep panning, and we keep panning, and we hear, like, exposition that evidently there was a fire, the wife got burned up, and as we're slowly panning left, we're doing a full 360, and we see that, like, the pictures are burned, we see that the house is, you know, we get the idea that, like, there was a massive fire, someone died. I will give this movie credit that I thought this was a perfect way to get your backstory out of the way and your credits at the same time. Agreed. Well done. <laughs> it's like, we're saving time here, two for one. Uh, we got movie to do. So. Except then the next scene really just slams the brakes. <laughs> <laughs> okay. We want to talk about that next scene. So we, we pan all the way around, and we now see Tony Shalhoub again, but now he's, you know, it appears he's kidless, wifeless, and he's depressed as hell in this chair. Uh, he gets up to go in the other room, and this is where we meet uh, the rest of the family. And I have a question, you guys. What did you think about this scene? Well, I mean, it was interesting at first, and then they were like, oh, we have our live-in nanny maid who doesn't cook, and also we're super broke. And that, Rod, Rod Digger. Yeah, that was Maggie, as her character's Maggie, called. and that... I could buy a lot of shit, but this Matt, he's a math teacher who has no money and is living like in a one room apartment and also is spending, I don't know, a considerable amount of probably his whole salary on a live-in nanny maid who doesn't do windows and doesn't cook. They should not be able to afford her salary. No. It not was, in the least. And she's really, really bad at her job. Uh, like exceptionally terrible. Even if her job is just watch the kids, she fails at that like instantly. I like to think she was the maid before the mother died <laughs> and she just kind of stayed on because she felt bad for okay. Arthur maybe. Kind of grandfathered in. Yeah, that's the only thing that really makes sense. Like the, the dynamic should not be happening. Like <laughs> yeah. she should have up and left, or they'd be broken the streets. Yeah, very confusing. But other than that, I mean, we had to introduce to the family. Oh, and the kid. That kid's weird, man. The kid needs some Bobby. Th- Bobby needs a little thing. Th- God damn it, Bobby. Uh, <laughs> Bobby. <laughs> let's, needs let's just get it out of the way. <clears throat> That boy ain't right. Yes. He needs a little therapy uh, because he's very, I mean, look, it's fine to be death positive. I totally get that. But I think he's a little too far at his very young age. He's just obsessed with murder, death, dying. Oh, he's doing Uh, his own little like news story on a, like a see and say, you know, kind of tape recorder (laughs) of like, they found the body decapitated. And I was like, whoa, Bobby, take it back a notch, bro. (sighs) I haven't even finished breakfast and that boy ain't right. He a proto-podcaster right there. This, this movie invented so much stuff. He was the original true crime podcaster? Yeah, exactly. Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. <sighs> Bobby also has a Razor scooter, and I forgot about the Razor scooter era of America. Oh, that was big. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it was a little bit after my time, but I remember them everywhere growing up. I was in college right when this movie came out, and people were going to classes on Razor scooters. Oh, I don't remember I that. I was like, oh, I blocked this out of my mind because I thought they were so lame. <laughs> <laughs> they were lame. Get a skateboard, you loser. They were, yeah. Wow. Mm-hmm. Shots I'm fired. Salt anybody who still rides a razor scooter deserves it. Yeah, that's or, all I'm saying. Did you ride a razor scooter in 2001? Mark 
hates you. Also factual. <laughs> Holding so, that grudge 20 years later. <laughs> so anyway, we meet this family, uh, which is Shannon Elizabeth, who is the daughter now, more grown up. Um, I do remember, I do find it funny that someone who was watching this movie like was like, was that his wife? I was very confused. I was so confused when I found out that it was his daughter. And I was like, yeah, I could see that. Did you guys just automatically know that it was his daughter? Were they not paying attention to the spin around credit scene where we hear his wife die? Yeah. No, <laughs> I, see, I didn't know his Second wife, wife died. Really? Because that was like the main part of the credits. When, when, he, when he stands up and like like you see the burned pictures, that's where it make, made sense to me. But like I, I knew someone got burned, but I thought she was like, from what I remembered, I was like, oh, that's right. His wife is burned in like in a wheelchair. And then like, I was like, oh, no, she's dead. Like, I did yeah. not realize that part. Um, but yeah, we meet Shannon Elizabeth, who's kind of taken over the motherly motherly duties. Uh, we meet Bobby. We meet uh, I mean, Maggie. kind of. Nobody's really taken over the motherly duties no. in a full sense of the term. In fact, there are zero parents in this household. <laughs> there are two adults and a... I don't know how Tony old you're Sloop supposed to... check the fuck yeah, out. There's two adults and an older teenager, and none of them are parental. And one monk. Yeah. <laughs> Bobby's working two jobs just to keep this family together. <laughs> oh, don't give me... Uh, so we find out that they're in dire straits financially. They're only living here because they have to. There's so many problems with this dynamic, but I guess they're making it work one day at a time. Step and then, by step, day by day. <laughs> <laughs> All right. That's twice now you've referenced that. You have to stop. Never. I'm never going to stop. Oh, man. There's a knock on the door, and this is where we meet uh, the creepy lawyer. Yeah, Benjamin Moss. Well, he's no creepier than any other lawyer. He just doesn't recognize his laptop like as I, the spawn of like Satan. Like I said, creepy lawyer. <laughs> Fair enough, fair enough. Yeah, he just knocks on the door and is like, congratulations, you've inherited an inheritance from your long-lost uncle. And he's like, wait a minute, he was living here in town this whole time and didn't tell me? Also, well, okay, so he goes, oh, you're your late uncle. And Bobby, who's really into death, doesn't know what that means. So they're like, late for what? And it's like, dude, how did you make it this far into beheading podcasts? Yeah, that, <laughs> that was one thing that I was like, dude, you know what the hell late means. <laughs> Yeah, that, that was a day one term for him. He just wanted to set up that This joke. kid's a professional corner, you know? Like, yeah. <laughs> he does not know what this is. But he sets down his 1999 laptop, and he opens it up and plays a video, which is some of the best... <laughs> some, I'm sorry, say that again, Mark. It's some of the best. Some, some of the best real player 2.0 video I've seen in a oh. long time. It would have been amazing if you had to like pull out like a zip drive, you know, and put it in there. <laughs> yeah, dude. Those great. were like a hundred bucks for those discs yeah. when they first came out. Anyway, John, why don't you describe this last will and testament of Cyrus? <laughs> well, I mean, like Mark said, it's very low quality. So uh, you got to really put yourself, if you weren't alive back then, imagine the video was filmed at the size of a postage stamp and then blown up. Uh, that's the kind of quality that you're looking at. And it's mad so, pixelated. It's super. You could count the pixels. There was five. <laughs> <laughs> and the background is, yeah, uh, just some weird kind of demonology shit. A bunch of circles. It did look like runes and things. And it, no one comments on that at all. And then Cyrus comes up and he's like, uh, I guess I'm dead. And you can, if you're seeing this, uh, I'm dead, and you can have my house. Um, it's a totally normal house. Don't worry about it at all. You should go there right away with your entire family. <laughs> Immediately. <laughs> if don't Drop what you're doing. Do you have plans for today? As a dead person, I'm telling you, cancel them. Get up to the house. Yeah, was it a work day? Did he have to call in sick? We don't know. 
He did mention he did have to go to work because that's the only reason I could uh, explain why it was all of a sudden nighttime when they show up to the house. Yeah, because the lawyer then, uh, fucking uh, Helpful Harry, is like, hey, I was just going to go up there anyway later tonight. Why don't y'all come with me? What a coincidence. Yeah. I was heading there myself. <laughs> yeah, that that's a couple hours away, too. You don't just on a whim. Right. I'm off to this place I've never heard of before. I don't have things to do. I don't have appointments to, I need to keep. When you live in Squala with Rod Digga, <laughs> you had the opportunity to get a house. You drop everything and you go for it. Yeah, okay. Right? That's a good you point. You do right by Maggie. That's all I'm saying. That's a fair uh, point. But they do. You get to meet oh, yeah. rhymes one way or the other. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> they 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 uh, book ass up there to the house and then we get to revisit or we re-meet Matthew Lillard who's like, oh, I'm here from the power company. Your house is fucking up the neighborhood's power. Now, let's point out, this is 20 minutes into the movie. It felt like we were 45 minutes into this film at this point. Like, the first opening scenes were so weirdly paced that I thought we were, I thought we were way shorter in this movie. Like, I thought, like, um, like, oh, we're only, like, 10 minutes in. We were, like, 25 minutes into the movie at this point. It did not feel like that at all as we were driving out yeah. to that house. Um, that's, a, that's a positive, right? I mean, the movie's getting through itself. <laughs> you didn't notice. Well, I guess if you don't like the movie, you want it to get through as quick as yeah, possible. Yeah, yeah. Well, no, but I mean, it was just a really weird pace. Like, I did not expect to be that far into the movie so quick because it did not feel like that. And I was like, wow, what the hell? I mean, we're going to have enough time for, like, the rest of this plot? Yeah. Uh, don't worry. It starts dragging <laughs> in, in act two. I do but, agree with you, Gary. If this film were made today, we would have seen uh, Monk go to school and be his teacher. We would have seen the daughter go to school and get picked on and the kid go to school. And there'd be, like, a scene... Where Arthur would have to come to a parent-teacher conference because the kid is doing all kinds of the creepy kids death shit. Up corpses, yeah. you know, like I'm there bullying the kid for riding a razor scooter. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so they make it out to the house, and like you said, Matthew Lillard is in his disguise of being an electrician. Yes. And he's like, "We got to get in here," and the lawyer's like, "Get the fuck out of here. Come back tomorrow, <laughs> whatever." But he's like, "No, nah, no." Nah. And Tony Schlub's like, "Yeah, let him in. I don't care." Whatever, let's get this resolved. He's like, I'm ready to inherit this mansion. Uh, so let's, whatever we need to do. Yeah, I'll give you, the lawyer, being a lawyer, is like, dude, this sounds like a you fucking problem. Get out of here. He's like, <laughs> yeah. I've only been on this job for three weeks. Do, 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 do. Uh, and we got classic Lillard acting. It was good stuff. So good. So good. And also his patch on his thing said power company. <laughs> I was like, dead giveaway, bro. Yeah, they didn't question that at all. Uh, I mean, basic, bare minimum. Like, yeah, my, just let him in. Whatever. Yeah. We don't care. And then they just give him the run of the house. They're like, uh, where's the circuit box? Uh, I don't know. The fucking basement? Get out of here. And he just... <laughs> Goes about his business. <laughs> now, let's take a moment to talk about this house real quick to get a lot of it out of the way. Um, this looks like a Frank Lloyd Wright design type house. It is all glass. Like, you can see almost all the way through it. Evidently, there are a few places that have, like, frosted glass so you can't see, that, like, the bathrooms and stuff. It's like this giant, weird glass labyrinth cube type thing. Looked cool as hell. Um, mm -hmm. This is where you see all the um, the spells etched into the uh, the glass itself. No one seems to question. I mean, like Shannon Elizabeth is like, oh, man, I hope there's some privacy in here. But no one ever says, yeah, I don't know. If I was Tony Shalhoub, I'd be like, is the house behind the weird museum? Yeah. <laughs> like, what, what are so we doing here? eager to go explore the house. I'd be like, uh, I don't know that I want to just wander around here alone. But, man, they, they, they cannot wait to just go get lost in this fucking Rubik's Cube of a house. 
I mean, I would I would look at it. I'm like, this looks amazing. I'm happy to sign this and take possession of my new house. Tonight, we stay in a Motel 8, guys. Yeah. Can you imagine what the electric bill in an all-glass house would be? Oh, man. You'd be losing heat. You'd have to fucking have that shit like that thousands and thousands of dollars. Ecto, whatever it is. <laughs> they says. don't know that. It's soundproof. It's heatproof. It's waterproof. Yeah. It's What's the climate situation? No, as, people, as Texans, we got to worry about that kind of stuff. It, it's 107 degrees outside. You want to be in a glass house? You know I what I do? I'd fill the motherfucker with water, make the world's largest aquarium. Okay, Mr. Scott from Star Trek 4. I didn't know we had that kind of glass, transparent aluminum. Admiral, there'd be whales here. Well, you, you know, I'd be like, you know what? This house has good bones. You know, I think they say that on House Hunters a lot. You just yeah, do yeah. that. Yeah, they, I've heard that phrase. Yeah. House has good bones. You just gut it. Let's get all this glass the fuck out of here. I never really real hear walls. that my house has bones, period. I don't no. care if it's metaphorical or not. Yeah, no, this house probably has good bones looking at it. Goddamn you, John. That's where the femur would be. Um, I would have sold this fucker. I'd be like, whatever, I don't want this thing. Yeah, like, I don't want to live here. Cash Sorry. money. Now, they do have a conversation that you never hear in any other movie, and I'm, I was, it just touched my heart as a, as a, someone who's so pedantic. It reached out and touched a brother's heart. Arthur's like, look, I don't know if you know this when you came to my shitty apartment, but I am broke with capital B. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so the property taxes on this place, uh, I have zero dollars. And, and the lawyer's like, don't worry. Uh, Cyrus was a genius and you inherited millions of dollars. You, or actually, instead of a real conversation, he's nice and vague and says, you never have to worry about money again. He basically winks and said, I got you covered. Yeah, and I'd be like, <laughs> I need to know in a dollar amount, what does that mean? Except someone earlier in the movie, I don't know if it was the lawyer or Cyrus, says that they squandered their fortune. Yeah, Arthur says that. Except for the house. Mm -hmm. And I was like, why would you assume everything is taken care of? This dude squandered his fortune. Right. Arthur buys in too quick. That's why I'd be like, I need you to show me some actual money. To uh, be fair, maybe he's thinking he could flip this house real fast. Oh, that's true. Worst Mark case style. scenario. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, to be fair, even if they were just looking around and didn't plan to stay that night, they didn't have a choice. Like, as soon as they set foot in this glass death cube, <laughs> it was over. Boom. <laughs> so they go inside. They let uh, Dennis come in to, to check the power. But we all know he's there to check for ghosts. Or actually, he's there for look for money, actually. <laughs> yeah, he too. just wants to get paid. So I respect is, that. I, I respect it. But at the same time, it's like, dude, at some point, you should have just done something else. Yeah. Or come in the daytime. Or got a lawyer. Uh, many options. Right. <laughs> no. Cyrus is dead. Sue the estate. Oh, but it was all verbal contracts. That's the problem. Oh, uh, so you don't do verbal. You got to have something in writing. Yeah. Always something in writing. Email is a hell of a thing now. That's true. So. Yeah. Well, they wander into the library room, I guess, of this glass house and they're discussing things and Lillard comes in he's like bro ghosts and just kind of like dumps on Tony <laughs> Shalhoub and he's like what are you joking this is silly well it's because he also this is the point where it's like are your powers new because he starts having like a seizure he's like ghosts are here and he's like flopping <laughs> around it's like he's got to put on a show for, yeah. the, for the new audience he's, <laughs> well, he uh, doesn't say that yet you guys but yes he does have his little like you know attack where he's like oh man why am I getting the, the ghost attack at fucking Cyrus's house. If any place you're going to have a ghost attack, it's going to be at Cyrus's house. Even if you don't think that he's storing ghosts there, just know that this dude dabbled in ghosts. It's probably a good chance that you're going to fucking experience this. Yeah, but, but he had to know, because where did Dennis think these cubes filled with ghosts he were going? Know. He had no idea, because it wasn't until he got downstairs to look for the power, because he was looking for the money. Uh, and he's like, wait a minute, look at all these weird-ass walls. What are these cables? Oh my God, these are these cubes we use to catch the ghost. And he's like, there's no way. And then he's like, he catches on, he's like, 
holy shit, he looks around and he's like, Cyrus built a giant fucking glass house that housed these ghosts in it. And then that's when he's like, fuck this place. I'm getting out of here. Real briefly, I want to just discuss that you say that Matthew Lillard is a psychic, mm-hmm. right? Well, he's not a psychic. He's just got some kind of weird power. Well, he says he's a psychic. He calls like himself. In, he's in a self-proclaimed yeah. psychic. He's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> How did he not know about this? How did he not perceive that this Feel. house was being built? When Cyrus, quote unquote, dies... How did he not know what happened to the ghost that was literally at the junkyard? He, he was to, one of the last people alive touched. there. Guys, he has to be touched. I know, but he's there with the ghost. Did he not see it get moved, transported? He would have been like the senior person at the junkyard because everybody else was dead. That's true. Look, the guys who load the raptors in Isla, you know, Sorna, did not know that it was getting moved to Nubar. They just knew that it was getting moved. Look, there's still a manifest that says the, the dinosaur is going out to New Orleans. Even when <laughs> it was all verbal contrast. <laughs> when he walked into the house, wouldn't he be like, wow, these glass walls sure look a lot like the containment cubes we were using. I, that, is, that is to be fair. That was the first yeah. thing I'd be like, you know what? I'm familiar with this. <laughs> yeah. Right. Anyway, it's just a small thing, but I was like, come on, you would have known that they were in but here. Head cannon. he's just trying to get his money and get out, right? He's got his blinders on. Mm-hmm. He is mm-hmm. like, all right, I just want to get paid. He wants that I, dead dude money. Yeah, and I just never want to think about ghosts ever again until I go to my next scam. I mean, city and <laughs> and do do this stuff. Well, why Arthur and the lawyer are discussing his no money situation? Lillard Dennis comes in and just completely drops the electrician act like that. He's like, dude, there's ghosts. They're downstairs. You and your family need to get the fuck out of this house. And like, you know, Arthur's like, what are you talking about, weirdo? So that's why I'm saying like, there's no way this could have been a universe full of ghosts because he would have been like, oh, wait a minute. I know all about ghosts, you know? And we should know when Arthur and the lawyer went out to go have their property tax conversation, Arthur tells his family, stay right here. And because Maggie is really bad at her job, they just go in three different directions immediately. The daughter, Shannon Elizabeth's character, goes out to a bathroom. The boy is just razor scooting through <laughs> yeah. every room he can get in. And then what was Maggie Maggie's doing? trying to race at first, but then they get separated. Yeah, that's right. It's like, dude, well, they're, they're hanging out. They're hanging out, like, you know, checking out the rooms, Maggie and the kid. So she is with the kid for a while. But she, then she does lose track of the kid. Her boss said, stay right here. So as the <laughs> the adult, her job yeah, right? Her <laughs> job should be to, to corral the children in where the parents said to keep them, not to just go off and explore this First random off, house. No one tells Rod Digger what to do. <laughs> Number two, Obviously. you can't control the flip mode squad. Okay? <laughs> Obviously. But yes, they scatter to the winds as as one does in a new giant house after they see priceless antiques. Yeah. Yo. Samurai swords all kinds of antiquities. I'm like, I can't live in here. Yeah. You'd be like, so where did Cyrus sleep? Like, this is obviously for the guests, but (laughs) where's the house? (laughs) Well, Shannon Elizabeth found the room eventually wherever it was. And then it weirdly had like tons of perfume. So what was Cyrus doing with all that perfume? (laughs) It was a set. It was to like recreate the house of oh, for the, the princess the princess oh. but i don't understand why he would do that like that's the thing is like what do you have to make them a like a little living quarter on top of their like glass yeah. cage downstairs again let's not get bogged down in the bullshit <laughs> details because we are not going to find an answer even with your head cannon john 
So um, at this point, Dennis well, Lillard starts having his seizure. Yes, like his his psychic seizure where he falls on the ground, and Arthur is down there trying to help him. Well, the lawyer takes this moment to exit stage left, go down into the basement, find a briefcase of money on some pedals, <laughs> like foot pedals, picks it up and triggers the house's transformation into a, a cage. Well, let's also point out, though, as he does this, they have found the glasses. They have found the the clear Oakleys, the ghostlies, if you will. <laughs> oh, shit. And um, having those at my disposal, I could not wear them. I couldn't risk it. I do not want to look behind Mark and see something standing there. I'd rather not know it's there. I'm just that much better off not seeing the fucked up things that could kill me. Well, if I started being levitated, would you then put the glasses on to see what's picking me up? No. You know what I do? Jinkies. Look, if we were dealing with like a serial killer or a monster with an axe, Mark, I got you. I'm going to bum rush it. I'm going to go for it. If you get levitated and smashed up against the wall, I'm going to give John a kiss on the cheek and run like crazy. <laughs> um, no, I just I thought those are really cool. I loved the I always love the you see something glasses or like the camera gets moved and you don't see things and then you look back and then something's like there or closer. Mm -hmm. That is one of the scariest things you could ever do in film. And it always gets me. So I loved the fact that this was so prevalent in this movie. Um, but he sees the ghost. The lawyer sees the uh, the princess. Right. Um, he's walking through the hall, puts on the glasses, and then insults her as he's going to get his money. Yep. Yeah, what a tool. And Couldn't he, help himself. He's, so he must know about the ghost, though. He does. He was in on it. He knew that this like they had to move into this house. Oh. This was probably the final task from Cyrus. Is like, if you want to get paid, lure Arthur and his family in. Uh, because there's reasons, mm -hmm. and then uh, you uh, there'll be a briefcase of money downstairs. Right. Pick it up and leave. Which is how you pay lawyers in briefcase <laughs> of cash, <laughs> unmarked dollar bills. <laughs> I don't care who you are as a lawyer. You have to be like, okay, this is shady for a reason. Like, yeah. go oh. get the briefcase full of money downstairs in my Deus Ex Machina room, <laughs> but don't touch anything. You know, and I, you know about the ghost too. Like, no, I'm sorry. This stinks of bad idea. Well, I got look. you. He's a mob lawyer. He's used to this kind of behavior, oh, right? Yeah. I was going to say, against the cliche of lawyers always being awesome and good, this one <laughs> is not and is bad. <laughs> Wait, a bad lawyer? <laughs> what? That doesn't exist. So he inadvertently sets off the machine, which gets uh, the everything in the house turning. There's a giant floor with a... Um, like a sundial-esque like contraption. Wheel. It's like a zodiac yeah. wheel with all these like, you know, different runes on it. And it starts turning. The whole house comes alive. At this point now, the walls are rearranging. The outside, there's like solid coverings that you can't see through that are like rearranging and shifting. It looks like a giant like puzzle cube. Yeah. There's like sh these metal shutters coming up to close them in That's from the, the outside. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, and then, you know, they're watching the change happen. Everybody is aware of this change, except for Shannon Elizabeth, who's busy splashing water in her face upstairs and we, doesn't hear the house change. Very we confusing. We will get to that because I have so many damn questions. D does their apartment not have a bathroom? <laughs> she's, she's never seen one before. No, she, she's excited because she has her own. She's excited not to share. She mentions that multiple times. Yeah, but she doesn't know that. She's only found one bathroom. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> look, it's, it's, look, this is an, this is an 87 one. There's 87 bedrooms and one bath. <laughs> I mean, right now, we, there's zero bedrooms and one bath. Good point. Oh, man. It's a bunch so, of display cases and one bathroom. <laughs> so as the machine comes to life, the lawyer's leaving with his giant case of money. 
and the containment uh, cubes start opening up. Well, the uh, the drowned princess, or is it the drowned princess? Or? Well, let's go over it. So there's 12 ghosts that have been captured in these. I really wish this movie would have taken the time to give us the names of these 12 ghosts. Well, they don't name them, but they show them. No, they do. They do it like three times, Mark. I was being totally <laughs> oh. sarcastic. Okay, I thought you meant in this moment. Like, <laughs> no, they're, not they're, this moment. There's no like plate against the glass and said, this is the angry princess. <laughs> in the third act, they mention like all 12 ghosts by their names like... Constantly. Multiple times. I'm just like, oh, God, where was yeah. this like earlier? So the scenes with the ghosts, do you guys like the effects and the makeup and all done? That's done by Greg Nicotero, who we've mentioned several times. He did Evil Dead 2 and some mm-hmm. other stuff, as well as Robert Kurtzman. Yeah. Uh, Robert Kurtzman are the two guys that did the makeup and the effects on this one. I think they all look pretty good. However, I think at times it feels a little funhouse-ish where you see the ghost kind of coming at the screen, but there's no interaction with the characters mm-hmm. in the scene so much. But it's kind of just like, you know, we get a little bit of that, and then they shake the camera and use a little ghost vision to make it look blurry and stuff like that. Not all the time, but at, at certain points, it was like, this feels like I'm in a mine cart situation going through a ride, yeah. and the, the people are going to come out and spook you. They can't touch bit. you, so yeah, they're going to yeah, get yeah, real yeah. close. Or yeah, like like back in junior high when you go to the, the, the horror houses yeah. or whatever they call them. A little of that feel. But I think that's what the original is, right? The the original 13 Ghosts was that kind of haunted house, classic 1950s. Yeah. So I, I, I let that go. I was like, I see. I, like I that liked film. it a lot. I thought the the effects were superb. Um, I, was almost, I was a little like worried because I remember the ghost in my head quite a bit. And then rewatching this, I was like, oh, God, this is going to be this movie. We have like amazing effects for these ghosts and we barely get to see them at all. But no, we, we really get like like a lot of the uh, the visuals. Everything was so good. Even the drowned princess, like the cuts, man, like you could see like them folding up mm-hmm. on themselves. You could see like the, the fat underneath the cuts. I mean, everything was so well done. And even though I don't care for the jackal, it's not my favorite just because they're like, ha boogans, you know. Is that the of. one with the spikes? No, that's the one with the, uh, the cage over its head. The oh, yeah, smashing, yeah, yeah. The most dangerous one. Um, I thought the design was cool, but I thought the way it was just like, aha, I'm crazy. And I was like, okay. <laughs> but <laughs> I thought they were so good. I was so happy that we got this. I even liked the uh, the kind of the blue tinted effect, the lighting they used on all of them mm-hmm. to really give them that ethereal feel also. I didn't feel like any of those ghosts were present until people were actually getting picked up, which for a, a ghost movie, that's pretty impressive to be able to pull off and like not get me to question it. Yeah, I agree. The ghost felt natural. It didn't feel, feel like somebody in gray face paint. I concur. You know? So let's round these ghosts out. Uh, Garrett mentioned the one with the cage on his head. That one was the jackal? The jackal. Okay. We also have the firstborn, which was a boy with an arrow in his head. Yep, mm-hmm. like a young kid from the 50s. Yeah, we had the torso, which actually made me laugh every time they show the torso because they also accompany it with this <laughs> scream every time. I'm like, yep. stop it. The torso doesn't make that noise. <laughs> <laughs> it's literally just a it's torso. Guttural, Mark. Yeah, your torso doesn't sound like that. No, eat some it's, Taco Bell. It will. It's a, it's a decapitated torso that's wrapped up in like bloody cellophane. And we got the bound woman who I don't really recall. She's what she the was. Uh, girl that was hung. She was oh like the, the, yeah, yeah. The prom queen that was like hanging. Gotcha. The withered lover, 
which turns out to be a character that our family knows. Mm-hmm. The Torn Prince, and he was like some baseball player. He was like a 50s like jock baseball player, and his side of his face was just like shredded. Yeah. Good. He was cool looking. It was a good effect. The Angry Princess, who we've mentioned a few times, she's a, a nude woman in a bathtub with slashes all over her body. I think yeah. she was like a, a, a movie star or something like that because the uh, lawyer taunts her like, you need a better agent. You know, like yeah. he seemed to know some backstory on that. They show her like the most. Oh, they really get the most out of. And you're getting shade vagina nonstop yeah. from this woman. <laughs> the Pilgrimess, I don't recall her, but oh, apparently right. it's like some Puritan looking woman. A female mm. pilgrim or something like that. Oh yeah, it's the woman that's in the like. Uh, oh, the stocks. Yes, oh. yes, the woman in the stocks. That like when she was walking down the hall in her scene, it looked like she was like slowly turning so she didn't get it caught. Like, wonder how many times she got it caught <laughs> on the walls constantly. I'm yeah. sure that would have been awful to yep, maneuver is. through that. Uh, the great child in the dire mother, which is this large, fat adult boy mm-hmm. with a tiny, short mother. Very off-putting to look like at. Like a little person type, you know, like think the movie Freaks type situation. Yeah. The hammer, which looked like John Henry had an accident. That was all. He was my favorite. <laughs> yeah. He was cool looking. He had like uh, railroad spikes like hammered through his face and his head and stuff One like of his that. hands was a hammer. Yes. It, his hand was like welded into a, like a sledgehammer. Yeah. That was really cool. The juggernaut, which was the last one, or at the beginning of the film that we see get captured at the junkyard. Mm-hmm. And then the broken heart, which is... The 13th ghost, the one that we haven't captured yet. Power of love. Let's just spoil that right now. We find out that the 13th ghost is, it has to be sacrificed or something like that? I don't know. But anyway, you find out that Tony Shalhoub is the broken heart. And, you know, by him becoming the 13th ghost, the cycle is complete. This deus ex machina machine, which opens the eye of hell which would then allow for all knowledge to be had by a single person, making them like the most powerful being in all of hell and earth and stuff like that. We have, there's like the, the hell eye or whatever, right? They yeah. could see everything, even into heaven, which seems weird that the hell eye can see in the heaven, but whatever. They call it the <laughs> Oculus Infernum. And then like, and then Tony Shub goes, the eye of hell. And then it's funny because the, the lady, the, uh, the eco-terrorist ghost lady from Rome is like, very good. Like, <laughs> like, really? I mean, even common sense lets you figure that one out. You don't have to be fluent in Latin to know that one, guys. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so Tony Shalhoub is the 13th ghost. And if like he dies there, then the cycle's complete. They all do the ritual. And then Cyrus is supposedly dead, is going to basically like finally complete his task and become the most powerful overlord ever yada 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 so the ghost names are all pretty literal it'd been cooler if you actually had to have a broken heart on the little altar little heart pieces or something they had to cut his heart out and hit it with it they had to get the hammer to hit it with a hammer okay all right i like it Uh, i like it also for these ghosts the dvd has a special feature as backstory garrett for all of them uh, but I don't know if anyone has a DVD. They're on YouTube too. You can watch. Okay, them. I'll check that out on YouTube because I'd be interested in that. that. Yeah, they're all based. All these um, figures are based off the uh, the Satanic Zodiac. They say so. You need all thirteen of these. The Black satanic, Zodiac. The Black Zodiac. Like that, yeah. yeah, something like that. <laughs> so I mean, again, there was pretty good lore in this. They mm-hmm. do a really good job of giving you enough lore so you're not like lost in the backstory, but also while you know, kind of like keeping a few things a little like you know unknown. The house starts doing its thing. Everyone, the the lawyer gets killed. Best death in the movie. Yeah. The lawyer gets uh, sliced in half by a glass door that closes instantly. Like, think the doors in Star Trek. The the Kelvins. No, that's temperature. (laughs) Whatever the measurement of force it would take 
Newtons. The PSIs. That's it. <laughs> yeah. Can you imagine how strong those doors would have to be to slice a person, like on first try? Like well, that dude is sliced like they were made of diamonds. I don't think that would ever happen because they're not sharp. They're blunt edges. He would have gotten smushed, that, not right, cut in right. half. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it is a fun effect. I'll yeah. give it to the movie. What's it's thin cool. Enough where you can, it can slice. Uh, I think he would have got smushed. Dude, there's, there's people that get sliced by car doors and shit during explosions. Mm. That's and stuff. what I'm saying. The, the, the speed of wit he is cut. In Twain, oh yeah, is so fast that that would have had to have been razor edge. Yeah, you know, and oh. or just in, an incredible amount of force. I think the, the force is that powerful and that fast. And though it doesn't look like it, in reality, you're right. This would not have killed him like that. It would have crushed. Do you a remember lot of when blood. we were talking about how the city would have come out with checks and balances <laughs> and this kind of shit? This is the kind of stuff <laughs> well, I'm talking about. Maybe they didn't actually <laughs> access that door. Maybe they didn't yeah. go into the ghost basement. Cyrus, your doors, buddy. I can't sign off on this today. Well, I'll buy that he gets cut in half. He's alive for an astonishingly long time because you can see him blinking and like he's like confused and then he starts sliding to his death. Like, mm, no, dude, you are dead. I think <laughs> you are instantly I think dead. I mean, granted, yes, I don't think he's alive that long, but I think there is like a thing where like your body can like function. Yeah, a little but his bit. his brain was sliced, sliced in half. Yeah. You weren't thinking. <laughs> well, <laughs> you know yeah. he gave himself the worst lobotomy. <laughs> uh, yes, and then he slowly the front half of him slides down the door and you see the back half of him like still like stuck up against the window. That was an awesome. Awesome mm-hmm. effect. Everything's going tits up upstairs. They're trying to escape. Matthew Illert, or Dennis is like, there's no getting out of here. We're kind of boned. Yeah, he gives up sit here. immediately. He's like, oh, guess we're all dead. And this movie, man, I respect it for its puns because they're like, where'd the lawyer go? And Maggie's like, oh, I think he split. And I was like, okay. got him. I, ha- I have a note here. How do you guys feel about one-liners? Love it. I laughed at it uh, ironically. I went, ha, 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 movie. I, I get it. <laughs> I, look, in this type of movie, I think it works. Does it, you know, does it work? Like, would it work in like a, an A24 film? No, of course not. But this movie does not take itself seriously. And I think the one-liners are how it conveys that to the audience. Like, this is not meant to be a serious film. So I, I bought into the one-liners here. Okay. I was just going to question that because I find one-liners... In action films, I'm willing to accept them. In horror films, I just do not care for them that much. Like, they completely take me out of the moment. So I was just curious how you guys felt about it. I rolled my eyes and moved on. Uh, I'm team <laughs> one-liner. That's it. <laughs> the ghosts are, are being let out one by one, as is the plan. You know, they're going to all be let out. And they're going to form a circle and, and complete the ritual. And Arthur's trying to get him and his family out. Yes. He's trying to find everybody. His son is off um, razor scooting or trying to basically start the band Smash Mouth. One of the two. I don't know. That kid was so 90s looking. It, it hurts. He needs to frost them tips and he'd be in the band. <laughs> if he had a talk boy, that'd be it. <laughs> um, Shannon Elizabeth is upstairs in what we could assume is the only bathroom in this giant house. Which would have to be absolutely soundproof because she doesn't notice the house well, they, changes. They say that the house, that all the glass is soundproof. So they do say you that. You can scream as loud as you want and people next door couldn't even hear you. But that glass wasn't the same glass as downstairs. But it surrounds that The bathroom room. was like in that weird grid glass pattern. Okay. There's multiple walls though. Like sounds not... <laughs> is it vibration proof too though? I mean the yeah, house your is... Your house got- is... It's like transforming itself. Like you don't feel the shakes. Here's the thing, Mark. Here's some headcanon for you. Because she's lived so long without a bathroom and has had a pee <laughs> out in the street. next door to a train track, okay? Uh, so when the, the 315 L goes by, yeah. they're like, oh, we're used to vibration. Mm. And she also doesn't have water. So when she saw water, she was just astonished. <laughs> that is what baffled me so much because she starts like splashing water on her face as if she's like, 
like ah from the desert (laughs) you know it was just like holy god lady like how many times do you she splashes it in the fucking like and this is as the uh the drowned princess the the naked ghost is behind her like kind of doing it's like little like i'm pretty i think it's like mocking her like it's doing the same thing that she does except shannon elizabeth is is stroking and combing her hair and the angry princess is behind her mimicking the same i think she's just going through the motions too i think they're both like the same side of the coin i think like they're the flip side of a coin like right I don't. I didn't feel like a taunt. I think she was like, "Oh, yeah. that's me now," oh, kind of thing, mm-hmm. looking at herself. Yeah. I was more like, "Why are you doing this right now? Why is why is uh, are you getting ready for bed? What's happening?" Then she goes to the bathtub, and we cut to the the drowned princess ghost in the the bloodbath, uh, which I always love a good bloodbath. Yeah, I don't care. <laughs> Always love it. John, you're right. They haven't even accepted the house keys, and yeah. she's ready for a bath. Yeah. Like, she's going to put the incense on, drop <laughs> she in. She laughs when she sees the bath, like, enjoy. Like, what is happening there here? There is Matthew, there is Dennis and a lawyer in this house, a glass house, and yeah. you're willing to be like, I'm getting naked, and I'm getting in this bath, right. baby. She has no extra clothes, no towel. What is her plan? <laughs> going to wear Bobby's pants. <laughs> the, lo- the logistics of this bath are mind-boggling. Maybe and it's her kink. She goes the- to random places and bathes. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up, made a moment, you guys. Okay, let's go on. She's the serial bather. It's been in the news. <laughs> said kink and Shannon Elizabeth, the same sentence in my mind just was like, I need to start a new podcast. She turns the water on and starts splashing her face at like like 19 times. Now, I loved this part because the ghost, the, uh, the drowned princess, was getting very annoyed. Like, I couldn't tell if she was like, what the fuck are you doing with my bath? Or she was like, oh, my God, you're pretty and I'm not. Like, I didn't know exactly what was the... Um, she looks startled. Like, why is this girl dipping her hands in my blood and throwing it in her face? Yeah. Look, she's like, when are you going to take a fucking bath? What are you doing? <laughs> why, like, who Yo, washes baby, her, I'll get in. Who okay. washes her face in the bathtub? There's a sink right over there. <laughs> yeah, she does leave the sink to go wash her face in the bathtub. But, yes, they do these, like, slow motion, like, like Pantene Pro-V face wash, like, slow motion shots of her, it's like, so weird. splashing water. I was like... Guys, this is now gratuitous. <laughs> it's an Oxima commercial. And as she's about to get killed by the princess, like they're like, you know, whatever the daughter's name, like, Kathy, we got to go find your brother. She's like, I'm coming. Come on. And she like barely just escapes and doesn't get killed by the uh, the princess in the bathtub. Um, but man, that bathroom covered in blood was so cool looking. Agreed. Um, so now they're looking for Bobby. It's a, and now it's a race against time. The place is closing up. Bobby finds like a staircase and he hears one voice. It's like, come on down to this pit of hell. And come it, on down, Bobby. <laughs> come on down. You're the right. Uh, no, Bobby, just stay right where you are. Don't come down here. It's the worst down here. Like, did he not recognize his own mother's voice? No, he kind, he kind of did. He was like, huh? Like, say what? He's like, I better get closer. And so... Listeners, the fourth ghost is his dead mother. She's in this house as well. She was one of the contained ghosts. Right. We find out right now because he sees her eventually. Yeah. And she's like, why did you come downstairs? Did you not hear me? And he's like, well, I do the opposite of what everyone tells me to do. Yeah, it's That's- literally my thing, mom. Do you not remember? <laughs> yeah. I'm backwards, Bobby. That's why we're in <laughs> this, this situation. Me not to play with matches. And well, here we are. Let's, let's be honest, mom. We know what's going on. Oh, down. shit. Did Bobby start the fire? We don't know. 
I, I, so this back, you ready to be really disappointed? The backstory for this fire is that a log rolled out of the fireplace oh, and set their Christmas off. tree on fire. <laughs> fuck off. <laughs> Lame. Oh, I like my version. Yours is Bobby way better. It. Yeah, because uh, Bobby was interviewing a log. And <laughs> yeah, Bobby Burner. <laughs> was Bobby obsessed with death before his mom died? I know. Oh, probably not. Let's I think see. this is his coping yeah, mechanism. Probably. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yes, you find out Bobby's the fourth killed ghost. Before. Cyrus, <laughs> he will again. Cyrus and Dennis steal the fourth ghost, which is, you know, Tony Shalhoub's dead wife, burned wife, um, specifically to get Tony there or Arthur there. So he will like, you know, be the well, 13th. Cyrus it's a twofer. is that Cyrus's plan. Dennis is like, I didn't know who she was. I didn't know that she had a husband and a family. I thought she was just an individual with no family, no connections. Oh, that's true. That's I true. do not accept your half-assed apology. That yeah. was such trash. I was like, so that doesn't exonify you. I think Zoner- it kind of does. Zonerate? I'm going to take, yeah. take Dennis' defense on this what? one and say, you know what? You don't know a ghost's history. That That's doesn't make him good. Tissue paper still defense very shitty. right there. Yeah. They, uh, fingers are breaking through everywhere. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Every ghost has a family. Don't don't be like I didn't know she had That's a family. That's true. Some ghosts don't have families. Moms, dads, brothers, sisters, uncles, cousins. Unless you are Jesus, even he had a mom. So <laughs> everybody has a family. You don't get to put up the blinders of like, well, didn't know they had a, a <laughs> yeah. life. What he really meant was, I didn't know she had a family that I would meet. Yes. I also feel like if Cyrus, well, I mean, I guess this was a power grab for like ultimate like satanic power. I was like, if you've got the ability to track down ghosts, go get some famous ghosts and start a ghost sideshow. You've got the glass technology to show people. Oh, I feel like know? it'd be hard to find famous ghosts. What are you talking Where, about? Where's everywhere. Elvis hanging out? No, you just moved to LA, Graceland, you, baby. <laughs> you <laughs> moved to LA. You follow TMZ on Twitter. You're going to know immediately when yeah. it's time oh, to go okay. collect yeah. some ghosts. Good point. All right. I'm just saying. You know. Oh, this was nineteen or two thousand one. Twitter didn't exist yet. Oh shit! They have to have like one eight hundred. Cyrus had his own connection. <laughs> Live journal. Yeah, no, that wasn't around yet either. Damn. What would have been two thousand one? Like AOL AIM status messages. So 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 sad. Frank Sinatra died. Frowny face. Like yeah. ASL live or dead. <laughs> so ghosts are being released at this point, starting to track down and hunt the family. We're seeing everyone kind of, you know, have near misses. People are starting to get attacked. The, the Google Glass is being used. That's how they should have fucking marketed that shit. Bro, uh, you nailed it with ghostlies. That's what they are. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, they all get back together and then immediately split up again. Right. They've never seen a horror movie before. So no. they're like, well, they have to find Bobby. They're, they're looking for Bobby at this point still. So, like, they all go downstairs together and. Uh, Dennis is like, I'm not doing this. Fuck you guys. I'm like, we'll pay you everything that homeboy owed you and more. If you help me find my son, we can get the fuck out of here. And he's like, okay, sounds good. They go downstairs. Dennis realizes, oh my God, these cages are opening. Like these are open. Yeah. Well, they break into teams, right? Dennis and Maggie go and Arthur and uh, Kathy go in a different direction. And they, and and then this is also where Dennis explains the glasses. He's like, look, you got to wear these to see them. Otherwise you're SOL. And there's two pairs. So they each get one and they go on their, their little journeys. When I was talking about earlier about being able to see special characters, there are, there is this set of etched Latin in the walls, but on the ground, there's glowy ones that you can only see with the glasses on. Ectoplasm spells. Yes. So what you do is you bleed ghosts like a pig, and, and you collect their ghosts. <laughs> <laughs> Why do you think the torso is screaming? So oh. you're squeezing the... You're ju- just taking the torso and rubbing it into runes <laughs> on the floor. You juice them. And, <laughs> juice squeezins. Yeah. You collect it, and that's how you get your ecto ink. Okay. 
just <laughs> mystical powers that basically show the containment spells raised up off the ground. I thought it was a cool effect. No, it was cool, but it was just opened up a whole can of questions for me. Yeah, well, you got questions. I got where answers. Do you, where do you <laughs> shop for this ghost paint? <laughs> yeah, you got to collect ghosts. You got to make your own. Yeah, okay. Squeeze them till they pop. Until they're dry. If you pop them, <laughs> you, you went too far. So as the two parties are, are separated, uh, the lawyer's dead. Um, <laughs> you really hate that lawyer, man. <laughs> How many times are you going to mention he's I, dead? I'm just trying to keep track of everything. The lawyer's dead. Bobby's lost. They're trying to find Bobby. Kathy gets attacked by the jackal. Like, oh, yeah, we, yeah, we yeah. We see a few ghosts like almost you know, do the damage. Right. Arthur's still like, I don't believe in this ghost bullshit. Knock it off. We got to find my kid. Yeah, and I'm sorry. All it takes is say, put these goddamn glasses on, look in this one cube. Guess what? We're done. You believe in ghosts. Let's go. Yeah. Like, that's all it takes. Arthur, you're a piece of shit. Uh, you know what? I'm going to call into question his whole fucking parenting. This is not This is not good. Yeah, or also, lack thereof. Get one of those gates for your fucking fireplace so your logs don't roll out. You know? Boom. Yeah. Oh, saying. very poor fire uh, safety if your Christmas tree is within log rolling distance of your <laughs> yes. fireplace. Yes. You want to keep those two things yes. on very separate. different sides of yep. the house. Yep. Uh, Good point. They are you, you just brought in dry lumber into your home. Don't put it by where uh, an ember could land on it. Look, this is why there's a war on Christmas. All right? right. Because of unnecessary log to tree deaths. So many deaths. Fireplace 101, y'all. The log's like, I want to be with you again bro <laughs> um anyway that was dumb um i got your joke so i, I know it wasn't it wasn't that you couldn't get it the it log is dumb. related to the christmas yeah, tree no. i'm there with you <laughs> so, the jackal the jackal attacks kathy and starts slashing her up and i i swear this was a scene just to have uh shannon elizabeth's shirt ripped open a little bit She's getting massively messed up. And this is the point where um, Arthur is like, like, oh, this is happening. Oh, ghost might be a real thing here. <laughs> I should put these glasses on. <laughs> yes, he does that. Now, the jackal, while I, I love the design, I thought the noise it made was kind of dumb, but I did find it very terrifying. It was like a, wow, this is a very formidable, like, monster. You know, yeah. like, this this ghost is can mess you up. Now, I would say all 13 ghosts are horrifying, right? The 12 we know about and the ghost of bad parenting keep everybody <laughs> up at night. <laughs> the kid with the arrow, I didn't mind too much. I was like, yeah, just kick a ghost in the face. You know, like he's got an arrow, grab the arrow and yeah. swing him around, you know, like, but then he headbutts you and you just got killed by a forehead arrow. If you can't, Dang. if you can't dodge a headbutt from a <laughs> seven year old, can you you've got bigger problems? Can you pull a ghost arrow out of a ghost kid's head? Oh, Could no. you remove it? And then it just grows right back, though. Oh, <laughs> one of them tricks. They're stuck in that. They're 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 in that Look, state, guys. He's a wild and crazy guy. Yeah. Okay, it's another William Castle trick. Yeah. Illusiono, Arrero. <laughs> okay, so <laughs> to your markings, what you do? You get your ghost ectoplasm. You take your arrow forehead, kid. You dunk the arrow. You you dunk the arrow in the plasm, and that's how you write. You, uh, it's your pencil. Leg. Yeah, you're using that kid's head as a pencil. <laughs> Torso is the ink. Yeah, arrow kid is your brush. I, I've just solved the mystery for you. I hope we can put it to bed now. This is getting better all the time. <laughs> God, I'm lost now, all you right. guys. So they're fighting. Shannon's in the air getting pulled, and this is when our eco-terrorist drops in and flashbangs the ghost. Yes, the, the girl from the earlier in the film, her her boyfriend got killed in the opening scene. We forgot to mention that. But like she shows up and acts like she's going to save him. She's like, come with me if you want to live. And, and she's got magic road flares. Yeah, and then and, and Arthur... 
who has his head on his shoulder still is like, head how'd, on swivel. how'd you get on in here? He's like, uh, when the house was rearranging, I slipped on in, but now it's closed. And he's like, okay, that seems legit. Uh, and doesn't ask any more questions. To than be that. fair, that's a very real possibility. You don't know what this house is doing. So she may have. I'd be like, can legit. you take me to where you slipped on in? Maybe the house will rotate some more. You've got bigger issues at this point. You've got to find your negligent son. you got to find. Fair. You know, uh, well, no, the son's not negligent. Okay. Arthur's negligent. And Maggie. And Maggie. Yes. Yeah. Maggie's so. like criminally liable here. How many times do you think Kathy <laughs> lost Bobby in a bed, bath and beyond? <laughs> <laughs> so much. Uh, so then we cut to Dennis and Maggie. Speaking of, uh, of incompetence. And they get to the uh, the hammers cell. These ghosts love jump scares because <laughs> it like jumps at the uh, containment field. And Matthew's like, ah, I hate when they do that. And it's like, dude, we'll stop putting your fucking face to their containment cube. Right, he's like nose to glass. Like yeah. back up a little bit, dude. <laughs> uh, and then he like sort of mocks the the ghost some, and he's like, ah, sucks to be you stuck in there. And then he gets a vision of his own death by the hammer, who just fucks him up. Uh, and that shuts Matthew up for a little bit. Yeah. He flips him off and he's just like, okay, damn it. I'm going to die from this guy. So, yep, you're right. Kind of puts things in perspective for him. There's a point where they get pulled out from the ceiling and the, the hammer's just standing there going, wait, what? And I was yeah. like, can't ghosts float? No, he's way too heavy. Look at those spikes. But he's a ghost. Yeah, but I mean, there's still ghost physics. <laughs> right. Don't they all fly? <laughs> if you got 22,000 pounds of iron built into you, you're not flying anywhere, even in ghost form. I don't think. All right, fine. I'll t- I'll accept, but I don't think that the the ethereal form of a man is going to have to the hammer be controlled by the weight of an iron nail. Jumped once, fell face first. Took seven ghosts to pick him up. All right, guys, <laughs> let's stay focused on this plot. We've got to burn through. Notice this. how he never sits down. Okay. Anyway, <laughs> the the Bobby goes missing. Eventually, Shannon Elizabeth goes missing. Well, Bobby's never found, so he can't go missing. Okay. Somehow, okay. this kid. I don't know how big this house is, but he is always. 200 feet away from his rescue party. He is like uh, two magnets. If the rescue party is gets too close, he gets pushed away. <laughs> I would say Bobby, but he's a kid. So really, Maggie is the cause of all of this misfortune. Maggie's the cause. Yeah, because if she had just kept everyone in that circle room where they started, they wouldn't have gone downstairs to begin with. The only reason they're in the basement is because Bobby got tricked by, he, when he heard two voices, mm. voice of his mom, Stranger Danger Voice was like, I'm going to check out Stranger Danger Voice, uh, which caused this whole dilemma. I got candy and matches down here, Bobby. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Bobby's like, sign me up. Let's go. Where's the van? If we could take out, if we could take out my dad, this whole place becomes mine. <laughs> uh, I'll inherit this glass death cube. <laughs> How am I supposed to burn this motherfucker down? So Bobby and um, Kathy end up at some point getting kidnapped away. This is after the eco-terrorist girl. I don't remember her name at all. Well, she's the one that gets them. Okay, yeah. okay. Uh, so it's revealed that Cyrus is still alive. Yes, we have the classic, like, like, ha-ha, sha-sha, red herring, you know, like, you see Cyrus and you think he's a ghost, and then later on you find out that... He's coming toward uh, Maggie, and she's like, these flashes aren't doing shit! And then Arthur takes off his glasses, and there's Cyrus still there. Yep. Uh, and he's like, ha-ha, gotcha! This is all planet <laughs> so I can inherit the eye of... Hell and he twirls his mustache. Yeah, yeah. Um, God, F. Murray Abraham looks so good as like a creepy, like eccentric horror movie billionaire. My question is, why did he reveal himself if he was just going to pretend to be a ghost? Why not just stay out of the picture until the rituals? Because the spells were missing. Remember, uh, the eco terrorist is like, "Oh, here, I got the book for you," and he's like, "Do you notice there's something fucking missing in this book? There's no spells here." 
Uh, no. I thought she handed him something like they're right here, dude. It was like yeah, a, she, it, she was does, a it was a does, circular thing. Yeah, she basically kind oh. of like you know like he's like where's the rest and she's like uh like she was trying to play a game you know and he's like she's like here you go I'm so happy to help and he's just like don't need you deuces. Kills like, her. I need you to go get the kids. And yeah. she's like, wait, I got to kidnap children now? He's like, do it for the cause or whatever. And she's like, yes, master, and runs off. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, what a fall from grace. She went from like trying to help these ghosts. It's not fair for them to be um, captured. To... No, I think that was all a ruse. You think at the beginning her and her boyfriend were actually not the whole time. Yeah, well, no, I don't think her boyfriend was in. I think, okay, hear me out here. Cyrus planted her in the eco-terrorist organization. Okay, stop. Never mind. That's just, we, we've got enough John headcanon to fucking arm a military. To okay? break down that organization so they don't get in the way of their plans. I think she was always in on it. So you think yeah. she was a plant inside the plant? Well, yeah, because otherwise, her, her storyline goes, I watched my boyfriend get murdered, and then I joined up with the guy who killed him. Yeah. That's what I thought. I thought a traumatic event was like, well, my way of life is over. I guess I'll join this other side that's got their shit together. Might as well switch teams. <laughs> yeah, yeah that's can't, what I thought. If you can't beat him, join him. Exactly. That's honestly what I thought happened. So, so yes. She goes and kidnaps Kathy and Bobby, and then as everyone's like running around, so Matthew Illard's character, Dennis, is like, okay, you know what? Let's just make one last attempt. Let's go get your kids real quick. And they take a big piece of glass and they mm-hmm. use it as a shield. Like they're going to walk with it because it'll protect them from the ghosts because they can't get through it. So they'll just walk down the uh, the hall holding up this glass to keep them from. And you really know, hope the ghost doesn't come from behind. Yes, exactly. <laughs> yeah, why did they take two pieces of glass? Then they can, can walk lift, back you, to you back. Lift that one person each? No, 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 no. No, yeah, one's holding it in front and one's holding it behind. Better question. Why didn't it slice their fingers off when they picked it up being so razor damn sharp? It's not. It's thick. It's like half an inch thick, you guys. <laughs> Let's go back to the lawyer. By the way, the lawyer's de- dead. <laughs> the lawyer <laughs> is still dead, you guys. Somebody think about the lawyer. <laughs> okay. Also, that suitcase full of money. It's right there. No one bothered to grab that. No, but anyway, true. Arthur and Dennis are now going to go try to find the kid. Maggie is upstairs kicking it with the um, the eco terrorist girl. She gets killed somehow. Like she gets crushed. That's right. She's, she's following Cyrus down one of the halls, and then the room changes on her, and it literally squishes her body. Yes, because he flat. goes, "Oh, there's sacrifice and everything." Yeah. And then, like you know, it crushes her in the walls. Which I mean, if you have glass walls and you're going to crush a person, how do you not do a blood splat? Yeah. How do you just basically show someone crunch a little bit? Like it was a bloodless crush. I was like, come on, man, have some blood spurt out of her mouth or eyes against this glass. They window. used their blood budget, but this point in the movie, it was all in the bathtub. No, it was all budget. in the bathtub. <laughs> then you go back to that damn bathtub and you get some of that blood. You squirt it out with a turkey baster. Yeah. Anyway, um, so. They get downstairs. The hammer is now attacking Dennis and Arthur. They have that piece of glass, but uh, Dennis puts Arthur behind it in a corner and says, there's only enough room for one person. I'll protect you. Then- Shenanigans. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. They both could have fit behind that. Yeah, easily. They, or, easily. Yeah, they didn't really think very hard about their, their situation, but Dennis saw himself. Maybe, maybe Dennis knew there was no way we're getting out of this without me dying because I saw myself die in this particular situation. Yeah, it's this heroic moment to basically like, I'll, I'll save you guys for the betterment of this this plot line. Yeah. And um, so he kind of <laughs> goes... betterment of the plot. <laughs> so he goes toe-to-toe with the hammer, and he kind of like, you know, is doing its thing. Then the juggernaut gets out and starts walking down the adjacent hall. And now I thought, I was totally ready for this, because I did not remember this. I was like, oh, does the juggernaut and does the fucking, like, you know, um, John Henry dude fight? 
I thought they were going to do that, and and Matthew Eller's character was going to get away. I was like, like, I'm the juggernaut, bitch. (laughs) You had to go there. You had to do it. If we're going to talk about a 20-year-old movie, we're going to talk about a 20-year-old meme, all right? I've been waiting this whole time to do it. I've got Timing is everything in comedy. (laughs) (laughs) So, um, but no, they actually all kind of uh, um, abscond to the the foyer where they're going to, (laughs) where the, the floor with the spinning Zodiac thing has now become a event horizon death wheel around the two kids trapped in the middle between these like razor sharp like gears of spinning like zodiac the ghosts are now doing a kumbaya circle around the whole thing they're all holding hands the well the black zodiac has a symbol for each of them and they're yes. standing at their respective respective spot. symbol yes Respect. And uh, <laughs> cyrus is like finally you know the ultimate power ha 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 and then arthur gets out from behind the glass goes upstairs and ends up fighting cyrus because Arthur realizes like what's going on and he's like, my wife, how dare you? And he's like, you've accomplished nothing with your life, you loser. I had to do something. History is written by those who take action. I've got a plan. You got nothing. And he does trick him for a little bit because he's like, Arthur, you uh, the way to save your kids is the 13th ghost, the ghost of love. And Arthur, so you have to sacrifice yourself and that'll free everybody. Happy ending. And Arthur's like, sounds like a plan to oh, that's me. Right, that's right. right. So then Maggie starts running the DJ booth, wiggle, wiggle, right. wiggle, and like breaks the machine and all the ghosts get released from their magnetic which, symbols. And this machine is connected to the PA, which is actually like chanting Latin ghost spells right. because ghosts have to follow the spoken or written spells. That's sure. part of their Which thing. I really like that concept yes. of using a recording of the spell. Like Cyrus is like, I don't know how to speak Latin. This is ridiculous. I'm going to record somebody yeah. and play it back. So no mistakes. Uh, I, I dig yeah. that. Maybe a little homage to the evil dead recorder. Oh, you know. maybe we did have some some POV of the the demon the ghosts earlier in the film too, kind of doing the uh, the Evil Dead cam. We did have some ghost cam, which I wasn't a huge fan of, but whatever, yeah. we'll let that go. It was short and short lived. It was it was quick, but I appreciated it. <laughs> but the ghosts break free at this point, and they all surround Cyrus, pick him up, and throw him into the blades. Yes. Ah, so that's, that's how we get our Cyrus death. And now to make sure that his kids don't feel alone in this. And when we say deus ex machina machine, we're talking like a 20 foot tall entire room filled with gears and spinning devices. This thing must sound like a fucking ocean liner engine. Like it is massive and huge. He jumps through all the spinning rings to get to the middle without getting sliced because he pressed X of course (laughs) to jump Uh, because Tony Shalhoub is evidently fucking Tom Cruise in this movie. It's always funny when they try to make someone like be kind of actiony who just doesn't have actiony written into their DNA. Yeah, I'm cool I, with it, but I'm just saying like it's always funny when it happens. It's like Tony Shalhoub, huh? Arthur is <laughs> not a hero. He would have been split into pieces trying that move. Yeah, it was a bad call. There had to be a better way. Yep. Yeah. So, but he manages to make it to the middle. So he's sitting inside these spinning rings with his daughter and his son, and he's like, "Just hang in there. We'll get through it." At this point, the house has just gone haywire. Everything's falling apart. The windows are shattering. The glass is like blowing up, like the windows are like breaking, and glass shards are going everywhere. John McClane runs across the floor real quick. Um, <laughs> Yippee guy! How could the same shit happen to the same guy? <laughs> Come out to the country. We'll have the ghost house. Um, so anyway, the house does that, and then after everything breaks apart, 
The ghosts walk off into the the forest, but not before the jackal turns around and goes, hey, <laughs> like does a little James Brown thing before it runs. He's the hardest working ghost in ghost business. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Um, I loved that moment where I was like, oh, this is pretty solemn. All the ghosts are just going to go back to haunting wherever they were. And it's all like, yeah. And I was like, oh, boy, here we go. And then one goes, it's a living. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so at that point, um, the machine stops because the house is destroyed. And I honestly, I don't remember. Oh, no. Uh, we got to wrap it up with the oh, mother. This Okay, I have a notice. I hate when movies do this shit. I hate when movies do this crap. But uh, yeah, the mom shows up in ghost form and it's like, I've always loved you guys. I don't hold any grudges for you guys getting me killed, Bobby. <laughs> no. She's completely not burned at this point because evidently once a ghost house like, you know, gets crushed, you don't have to have deformities as a ghost. Yet the, the hammer still had all no, the nails in his body. I think it was the power of love. That, like, That's the power of love. Exactly. Yeah. That reformed her, like healed her. Uh, because everyone, you know, she got into the love circle. Healed her euphorial soul. Well, we should have yeah. helped out all the other ghosts with no, the same thing. We should have pulled the nails out of home. You can't love face. all those ghosts. You don't know them. Look, I'm just saying. You need pure love. None of this diluted the love shit. The princess, I could have convinced myself to love. The, okay. The Let's, heart can't love 12 ghosts. That's true. Not by your standards, <laughs> I got a lot of love to give. So the mom turns into like a light, a, a beam of light or something, right? I forget exactly. <laughs> she she, like, she ascends. Yeah, and then that's it, right? That's it. There's no like after credit scene. No, I checked. Nothing like that. There's no after credit scene. Yeah. Okay. That's, what more do you need? What more? The house is gone. I'm ready for the 14th ghost. All the antiques inside the house are ruined. Yeah. And the thing is, if you thought he was broke before, right. having to pay for therapy for two kids after this, oh, he's going to be bankrupt in a yeah. day. The 14th ghost are bill collectors. <laughs> <laughs> There should have been a scene where they go and get the money from the lawyer's body. Yes. Yeah. If they made the movie today, yeah, you'd see them go get the money walking out of like the smoldering house ruins into the sunset. Oh, but we do get the scene where uh, Maggie goes like, I know I'm not. I'm going back to the city. Fuck your kids. Fuck your family. I'm <laughs> I too quit. old for this. You know, like the classic, like, you know, like. Yeah, stereotypical I've, black character of the ninety or the late two thousands. It felt like they'd screen this movie and it's like we can't end it like that. Get Maggie back in for one last joke, yep. and that got tacked on at the and very end. Then we cut to credits where we get Rod Digga doing a rap movie and, rap, and we no, we didn't. It wasn't like a related to the plot rap though. It was like ghosty. It had some ghost. It was some ghost lyrics, but it wasn't like the plot. It, it wasn't was like, like one, two, three, thirteen ghosts, <laughs> thirteen ghosts. Oh, you know what? Actually, that's you got you got something there, Mark. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna <laughs> look for my uh, Bandcamp page later today. <laughs> but no, it was more like a uh, uh, the shark fin song from Deep Blue Something by Deep Blue Sea. Deep Blue Sea, not Deep Blue Something. That was a band. Yeah. But yeah, it was more like that kind of rap as opposed to like a Maniac Cop two fair fair you know, kind of rap. Sure. I didn't. Shout outs to the Spookies rap. It was movie adjacent. I'll yes. have to go back and check it out. Well, that's this movie. <laughs> it sure is. Wow, Mark, you, you sound yeah. really defeated. I actually would recommend this movie, surprisingly enough. But going in, I was going to be like, this is going to be the worst thing. I hated it the first time. I was pleasantly surprised with this rewatch, and I would say watch it. Just know that the third act is going to get a little messy. It's very cliche. It's very like... 2000s cliche and yeah. its design, its plot structure, and the ending. 
oh god it was a rough time for indians then but i don't know i i would be interested to see what our, our listeners think of this one because this is definitely something i picked knowing going into it that it was going to be very divisive of like i don't know if you guys are going to like this or not i don't know, i think we're pretty unanimous three likes three right. recommends uh i mean yeah like you said it, it's a product of its time right it came out in 2001 it's it's jokey it is of that humor uh the but entire it, cast is great though yeah. believe it or not for as like schlocky as some of this is this is fun. I, I think I would clean it up a little bit if I had my druthers. Like, I would probably combine the bargain bin Sigourney Weaver character. The, uh, the Oh, the double cross was definitely like, I think a that didn't need messy. to be in there. Agreed. Honestly, you could have combined her character with Matthew Lillard and had all those play out with him, and it would have been oh, a little cleaner. Oh, interesting or concept. Or combine her with Maggie. Uh, Cyrus has been paying to there help his go. brother, oh, and now we understand dude, how. Dude, that's yeah. a good idea. I think we could clean it up a yeah. little bit just by eliminating one of these characters. That would be surprising too. Like you wouldn't have seen that one coming as much as like. And now we know why she's so bad at being a housemaid right. or whatever she is, and how they can afford her. Like, oh, my rich uncle has been trying to help out, so he pays for this nanny, who's really a spy. Yep. Ready to double cross. It works. Yeah. It works much better. Hit me up, Hollywood. Spy who named. Let's make 13 Ghosts 2021. That's it. We'll redo it. So 13 Ghosts is an example of a remake that I appreciate. They do quite different things within the plot, and it's not rehashed. So I, I, I'm going to give that movie props for this as well. I hate coming back to a remake, and it's just a beat-for-beat, beat, almost identical remake. And I go to this one a lot when I bring this up. And the Nightmare on Elm Street one was just too similar to the original. Without so all the fun 80s flair. So you're not a fan of the Psycho remake then. That no. was shot for shot. Look at, that yeah. literally was a shot yeah, for shot. Man, yeah, man. I don't need that I stuff. I like that. I think it has a place. I think shot for shot stuff does have a place. But I do like when you add a little sense of um, your own thing to it. Yeah, it's it's great. Now, they did keep the family being poor as shit from the 1960s one. It's actually really funny because uh, in this one, the wife is alive the whole time and she's with Arthur in the house. I don't think his name's Arthur in that one. But anyway, like she's around the whole time. And there's a scene where she calls him up because he's like a, a professor in, of paleontology doing a, a talk and walking around all these dinosaur bones and this guy comes he's like your wife's on the phone and he's like i'm in the middle of lecture and he goes and gets the phone he's like what and he's like the moving men are taking all our stuff again <laughs> he's like what he's like you didn't pay the rent again so they're taking all our shit this is the third time this month <laughs> and i was like wow so they just empty their stuff and that they're they're poor as shit as well but um i'd like that they brought that over yeah. from the original um I don't know where I was going with that. I was just telling you the scene. I thought it was funny. Well, no, I totally get yeah. I agree. I, I, I do prefer remakes that kind of reimagine it through like a, like bring something new to whatever era, from whatever era you're remaking it in, you know? I think that helps. Offer a little something to the viewer if they've seen the original. Agreed. A, a little bit twist on it, you know, a, little, a nice twist. Yeah, we're looking at you, Boz Lerman's Romeo and Juliet, <laughs> which was fucking awesome. It was nothing like the original. Oh, I love that movie. It wasn't so. even a Romeo. Shakespeare would have loved it. <laughs> I bet he would have, actually. <laughs> yeah. All right. Well, um, I'd also recommend the original 1960 film. It was fun. It's like a Leave it to Beaver haunted house movie. It does, however, get a little long in the tooth with the, uh, the ghost bits. It's weird to watch a movie that's only an hour and 22 minutes and think, all right, this is going a little too long. <laughs> <laughs> but it's still fun. It's, it's, it's one of those like, hey, I like going back and seeing what people thought were scary in the 1950s mm -hmm. type thing. So I'd recommend that one as well. I'd love to see if you could get a version with those illusion glasses, though. 
I want to experience it in the original 1960s. Would you need a special TV though? I don't know. Mm-hmm. I'm I'm curious. But I mean, Garrett's the, those those uh, 3D glasses that was one eye was red, one eye was blue. Those worked on regular TVs, right? Yes, they work on. Well, they worked on CRTs to a degree. Because mm-hmm. um, they, dude, there was a Tim Allen 3D episode. Home know? improvement bullshit we did a 3D yeah, week or that's something. That's true. I remember yeah. that. I mean, 3D does work on that stuff, but you do have to code the the, the film to have like the layers kind of just juxtapose a little bit. Yeah, there is a little old pair of glasses in the original black and white one where. That signals to the audience, get your viewer on. Ah. And then it like fades out and fades in, and then we get the ghost kind of noise. (laughs) Well, honestly, I like that idea. That really kind of makes you interactive into the movie. You also are experiencing what they're experiencing with the glasses and stuff like that. The ghost. Yeah, so I'd recommend that one too. Um, Okay, anything else you want to say on 13 Ghosts? Nope. Uh, just to remind everyone, Garrett will be. I, I just refer to myself in third person. I apologize <laughs> for that. I just, I know the other guys aren't going to be there. Uh, I'm going to be at Frightmare, Texas Frightmare this year uh, in September. So if you guys uh, are there, we look forward to seeing you. If you see me out there, um, stop me. We're going to have some. Uh, I don't know if you follow our Instagram or our Facebook or our Twitter, uh, but we had a, a fun little idea where we did a fake Halloween poster with Tom Atkins, Halloween Thrills. Great work on that, by the way. Fantastic. Uh, I, I, you know, it was quick. It was dirty, but the joke landed. Um, we're going to have a few postcards to hand out at uh, Frightmare for everyone. So if you do see us at Frightmare, then stop me. We got some Halloween Thrills postcards to give out to you guys. So um, hopefully we'll see you there. And yeah, that'd be pretty cool. But you have to thrill Garrett to get him. <laughs> You've always got to thrill Garrett to get anything, but... It's not that hard. You better, you're going to have to put your face up on our Instagram like when you're there so people know how to find you. Look, we want to we want to keep listeners. <laughs> <laughs> listeners, have you seen 13 Ghosts? Why don't you let us know on our social media? We got an Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter page. You can find out what we're up to at thegravetalk.com. Drop us a line. You got any suggestions for cold opens or movie recommendations? Let us know. We're happy to add those in. We'll see you next time. Take it easy out there. I walk through the streets trying to figure out why I captivate people when I don't even try Slice all the things that I took for granted But now that I'm older, I surely understand it Every single day trying to carry out tasks Celebrate another birthday, life moving too fast Every minute, hour, each day and night Making sure I stay focused and keep my mind right Never knowing what drama that life could bring Inspiration to win with every song I sing Making sure that I'm not overcome with greed Got enough security for my seed it go like any given day, I can take 50 grand Snatch out of school and head to Disneyland Or maybe just Toys R Us and the mall Her life is straight, baby girl gon' have it all Mirror